every conflict that's ever existed on this planet has had sacrifices and collateral damage. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't think it's okay. Everyone wants to treat the symptoms, which are the rights, but never wants to de de address the, the illness, the problem that we have here. Won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? What's up, you guys? Um, so, you probably don't know this, but this is my third attempt at recording this <laughs> intro segue. Like, because, well, um, first of all, I just want to thank everyone for allowing me a break, a week break from podcasting. I, I needed it. I was so busy from moving, and... Uh, working, I've been working well over full time, overtime on a lot of days, and getting all this shit done with school. So uh, it's just been, I've just been so fucking busy. And um, God, even just finding a, de a, a fucking department of motor vehicles, like all, most of them are shut down. Oh, I had to like go on a road trip just to pay my registration. It's just fucking insane. But uh, I think another, well, Another reason I needed a break, and the reason it's took it's taken me three attempts to fucking record this little intro segue into today's story, is because I've just been kind of overwhelmed with the, just all these different emotions. I was really, you know, the uh, the other week when I saw the video of uh, George. Floyd getting murdered, you know, kind of just virally on the internet for the whole world to see. Uh, it really, you know, naturally I was really upset. I just, I was, I don't know, I was fucking really pissed off and uh, just kind of sh in shock that, that like there's just so much fucking lack of accountability in, you know, the a lot of de like departments of law enforcement within the U.S. of A. Um, and we see it all the fucking time. And I don't really want to get into like the politics of that and stuff. It just ultimately, I think it was just incredibly fucked up. I don't really want to get in to my opinion on it. I don't think I'm the best like spokesperson to be fucking talking about, you know, racism within the police force. Um, cause I don't experience it firsthand. I just, I, the, the one thing I will share is just, it, it's incredibly fucked up. I'm incredibly upset over it. And, um, there needs to be a, there just, it needs to be so much reform and change with how police interact with civilians on the street anyway. But yeah, right. I mean, I remember when I was in an, I was living in Los Angeles, growing up with my family, and um, 
we were seeing all the fucking horrible aspects of LA, you know, from 84 to about 1990. And my parents finally got the bright idea. Like we need to move out of LA and somewhere safer. That's when in 1990, which was a year before the LA riots, uh, we moved out of LA and got out of LA a year before the riots hit, uh, that happened over the Rodney King beating like beatings back then. And, um, it's crazy. The one thing I remember my dad telling me about it, cause he still had a business in Los Angeles. So after we had moved, he was, <clears throat> he, my dad had, um, had a, his own business and it was, um, they made murals for all kinds of other corporations all, all around the world. You know, he's done th- him and his, you know, crew of artists. They've did giant, like 20 foot rolled, um, murals for in Dubai, Japan, you know, all over the States. So he, it was, at, <laughs> my dad was in, going to LA to meet with some clients who came from Japan. They flew from Japan to LA to meet with my dad and they were working on getting this giant mural done for some like project or building and the riots are going on. And my dad's clients who came from Japan are like held up in this hotel in Japan. And my dad told me he literally had to drive through LA cause the, the freeway was just deadlock traffic, like not moving. If you go on the freeway, you're stuck and you're not, you're not going anywhere. He said, so he had to take fucking side streets through the riots in LA to get to the hotel where his clients were, who were probably scared shitless. And I'm sure my dad was like, had his adrenaline at top, you know, in top like levels. And he got through it and he, yeah, had to deal with that. Um, I don't know. So I've gone to protests and I've dealt with them turning South and I, and I, so I have experience with not, I mean, not the worst riots, but I've been in, in a few, in a few gatherings of large people, whether it's a protest or, you know, a, a, a legal forest rave and, you know, SWAT fucking geared up troops come in with, you know, rubber bullets and pepper spray is not fun. Um, and this, and this shit happens and it's fucked up. So anyway, the, I don't even want to get into that anymore because I'm only have so much time, but there is one thing I did want to tell my, um, listeners out there. So I have been, you know, thinking a lot about, um, you know, where I'm at in my life right now. What did it, what is it? that I want to, what goals do I have with my life? Right. And so, and then I've thought about this project, this podcast and how much time I've put in it. And lately just being hundred percent real lately, it's been, I felt super rushed. I've been, I've been feeling super rushed to get episodes out every week. Um, especially with everything that's going on right now you know, with working so many hours, like all day coming home, cramming for finals and making sure my bills are paid. And, you know, like all this shit is so new to me. I'm definitely, excuse me. I'm definitely still in a adjusting period where 
I'm getting used to like all this shit. Cause I mean, a year ago I was strung the fuck out, you know, going, doing various crimes to maintain a horrible habit. So, um, with that being said, I am probably going to not release episodes every week. And yeah, I mean, I'm really, I'm sorry about that, but just for my own sanity. Cause I also thought about the balance between quality and quantity. So when I'm feeling rushed for topics or getting feeling rushed to have a guest on or feeling rushed to find an old war story and get all that shit done within the course of a week where I'm just like, I'm pretty exhausted lately to be perfectly honest. Uh, I want to put out episodes still. I just don't want the quality of them to to plummet because I have I have less time. I mean, let's face it. I have less time to do episodes right now, you know, um, especially with school and work. So I don't know how I know I'm going to reformat the structure of how episodes get like released and the topics of episodes or, you know, branching out this project in other mediums like YouTube or something. I don't know yet. Uh, I definitely need more time to, to think about that because just with getting my associate's degree and everything, I'm just not trying to burn myself out and feel like I have so many spinning plates around me that I'm, they're all about to fall, you know? I'm so with that being said, um, I'm like using this little intro segue just to announce that, yeah, I won't be doing weekly episodes, but I will still be releasing episodes. I just want to make sure they're like of good quality to come out. So with that, I'm just going to get into this story that I recorded last night. Um, and I was just thinking, cause with the, this is like the emotional zeitgeist that's going around right now with all like I've seen so many crazy like police brutality videos, like compilations and people fighting on Facebook over shit and just all these just this these negative aspects of what's going on in the world right now. You know, all this conflict, all this outrage, all this violence. It's fucking making me want to check out. Like, and not even be on social media because it's just so depressing. But I was thinking about all the stories I have where cops were harassing me or, you know, tackling me or putting their knee in my back or I've had a cop point a gun at me when I was leaving a methadone clinic one time. Um, But, you know, it's fucked up. There's the one story that popped out in my head was about a time where cops were actually cool to me and, um, they let me go. So it's like a story of a time I almost got arrested, but I didn't get arrested. It was still a really shitty night, really shitty night. And you'll figure, you'll find out why as we get into the story, it's embarrassing. It's fucking depressing. It's like, just like, this was a horrible time, but at least I didn't get arrested in the story. And I, I don't know, it's just, the only reason I told the story is because it stuck out in my head. I'm not trying to, like, I don't know. I'm trying to have some kind of positive story, you know, because I know, like, I mean, we're all fed up with police. And, and I do have a, for the most part, I, I mean, one of my character defects is I have a 
overall and very negative bias against police. And I was always brought up to not trust police, to fear police because they, I've heard so many stories and I've seen things of, you know, firsthand of them doing a bunch of shady shit or mistreating people or talking down in, to them in a dehumanizing way, you know, pushing their weight around, being physically abusive to people, you know, when, when completely unnecessary. Um, and I've seen that shit in the jail. I've seen that shit on the street. So, you know, as much as I have a, a, such a disdain for the not, I wouldn't say the police in general, but just the way that institution is run and their lack of accountability to be, I don't know, just held accountable for the crazy fucked up shit they do. Like I've seen, Oh my God, I saw this fucking like chick who got shot in the eye with a rubber bullet or people getting shot in the face with a tear gas grenade. Like it's just, and I don't know the backstory behind any of it, but it's like, how do you not get upset over that? But at the same time, I'm not, I don't want to say all cops are bad, but it's just like, um, dude, like you guys have a horrible track record right now with, like, we all have cell phones now and all this shit goes viral all the time. But, uh, regardless of that, I told a, a, a story about how cops are cool. So with that, <clears throat> thank you for letting me rant and thank you for being understanding of my situation of where I'm at in life. I want to make sure I still have fun doing it, but not feel so rushed. Like it's a deadline, um, and turn this project into something that's not fun for me. So, um, that's the main reason why. So I hope you guys aren't upset that I'm not going to be doing always weekly, maybe two weeks. It'll be more like, give me enough time to set up a guest or get a story told. I'm still going to figure that out. Um, but Hey, I got to go. I hope you're all doing good. And, you know, I know it's really fucked up everything going on. I hope you guys are being strong through it. I hope, you know, all the best things for you because I'm going through it like right there with you. And I know what it feels to be stressed and not know what the next day or week will bring. But Hey, uh, if you ever need anyone talk. I don't know, talk to, reach out to me and, um, on our email and, or my, you know, social medias or troll account pages. And yeah, I love you guys. So with that, I'll see you later. Peace, love, all the above. Okay, so, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, now that I'm reminiscing this story in my head, I'm starting to realize more and more how, I don't know, just embarrassing and pitiful my life was at this point. You know, I got it, and some, sometimes I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I, sh- I share this shit on the, <laughs> on the fucking internet to, like, what the f- so this is 
a, this is a story about how I almost got arrested and the cops let me go. Now, mind you, most of my encounters with police, uh, I don't know what my odds were for whether or not I'd get arrested. I think, I think in the first half of my drug use, you know, the odds of me getting, getting out of a situation with cops was a lot higher. Um, I don't know why that was. Maybe it's because I was younger and they took pity on me or, or just the times have changed, you know? Um, but there were a handful of encounters I've had with cops where I, I did get off. Like if I got caught with weed and I was like a teenager, I think once I got, I got pulled over and I had brass knuckles and weed and they were there, even though the cops were pissed about the brass knuckles, they stole our weed <laughs> fucking quarter of orange crush and let us go. But they, I mean, in that situation, you're like, fuck, I mean, we lost a quarter of really good weed, but we're, at least we're not in jail, you know, it sucks. But that, that whole experience is like, oh shit. You know, there was a lot of times I, you know, the like episode two, I talk about trashing the truck and getting somehow not getting arrested. Um, there was one time, I don't know if I was on lunch break from work or I had, was, I just drove, I drove all the way up into Perfumo Canyon, which is like this crazy windy road and it gets to this giant mountaintop overseeing all of San Luis Obispo and I was just shooting up like insane shots of like probably two kinds of heroin and maybe coke and I'm like parked in this little dirt lot at the top of this mountain screaming <laughs> Just like, ah, what is my life? <laughs> and uh, a cop pulls up behind me, drives all the way up Fremo Canyon, like, asking me questions. I'm like, oh, no, I'm just... And I had, like, dabs and weed stuff in my my fucking car. Ugh. And somehow I got out of that. Like, holy shit. But towards the end, yeah. It was mostly, you know, having guns pointed in my face. And, f- f- like... <laughs> Oh, God, it got bad. Having knees in my back or, you know, ugh. And just them shove you around when you're in cuffs. Like, oh, God. the way And not only that, the way the cops would talk to me and treat me when I was strung out. It was just so degrading, so uh, dehumanizing. But anyway, this this particular time the cops let me go was super dark. And so let me paint the picture. I had recently gotten into adult drug court and I'm doing my best to white knuckle it and abstain from using any drugs. Cause you know, dirty tests, you go to jail, you start over the program or, you know, you start and, and not only start over the program, you basically start your whole life over. Cause <clears throat> you know, it's an outpatient program. You get a, a seven to 10 day sanction for a dirty drug test you're getting fired from your job and who knows, maybe getting kicked out of your sober living or getting evicted or, you know, you're, ba- so that's, and that's probably one of the biggest reasons I think adult drug court was designed to fail because how many times do you have to pick up your life from ground zero for, for a relapse? Holy shit. And then you don't have a place. You may not have a car. You may not have your fucking, you know, like it, your job, like, it's hard to get back up from like square one ground zero, but that's off topic. So anyway, but I'm in drug court. I'm still working 
as a certified pool operator, somehow I didn't lose my job when I got arrested and locked up for seven days to get me into drug court, like, which is another story, but I'm working and I'm going to drug court and I'm living in a Rio Grande. By this point, I'm still dating a girl who has her own apartment in Morro Bay, um, which I, you know, I helped her acquire. She had roommates. It was like a four bedroom house, but it was close to where I, I, my work was. I'd spend the night sometimes. And we were both getting strung out together before I got, you know, busted and put in drug court. But now I'm out of jail trying to maintain my life. And she's kind of working and I'm helping her out here and there, but it's over time. It's, it's clear as day to see she's relapsing, shooting up. And I, you know, I catch her loaded a bunch of times and eventually it's just like, okay, it's no secret. She's basically shooting up right in front of me. You know, when I'm on lunch break from work or this or that, and she's asking me for money and I'm just like, dude, just that's the picture I'm painting now. I don't know how, how many of you could imagine being freshly clean off drugs, heroin, and your significant other is just shooting up in front of you while you're trying not to get caught up, get a dirty test, go back to jail, and lose everything. You know, it's fucking so many, like, anxiety attacks I had and, like, triggers and cravings. It's just like, God. And then having other friends around you that are in town and want to hang out. When do you get off drug court? Oh, we're going to get so loaded when you fucking get out. Ho, ho. And it's just like, you know, having, if Outpatient programs are fucking intense. I almost think outpatient programs are more intense than inpatient, like, programs for now that I've been through both but anyway <clears throat> also at this point of me you know seeing my girlfriend get loaded in front of me and just her life spiral out of control I've also found out on one occasion that she had cheated on me so now I'm just like all right well the trust is already broken you know emotionally I have I'm at this point where I'm just like trying to break up with her. I've, to, I've, to, I've talked about this a few times, but I I've, would try to break up with her and she would self-harm in front of me. You know, whether it was just cutting, she was a cutter, she had scars all up and down her left arm and a few on her right, but then they were just so deep. You know, you could tell a lot of the times she would cut herself. <clears throat> it would be so deep it needed stitches Yet she wouldn't go to the hospital to get stitches, so it would heal all like hard and thick. And it was just like she had really deep scars all over her arms, amongst you know track marks. And but I, I still love this girl, and you know that oh god, there was one time she tried to hang herself when I was like leaving her house. She texted me saying she's hanging out by a noose around her neck in her closet. I had to turn around and like get a noose off around her neck. It was dark shit. So I wanted to break up with her, but I wanted the best for her. And I didn't know what to do, and I knew I was going to feel a bunch of guilt if I didn't try and help her, you know, while she was suicidal and self-harming. Um, and it was just this whole emotional roller coaster, having to deal with all that, her running away to L.A. for a few days and saying, you know, being loaded, saying hurtful shit to me, and I'm in a fucking group, outpatient group meeting and having to just like process that in my head. It's just like... So, <clears throat> you know, 
one day, I am off work, and I go over to her house. Now, mind you, there's three other roommates, and they have friends, or they have significant others, girlfriends, boyfriends, or whatever. Um, and so the house is usually full with people. Now, there's a... Apparently, right when I was rolling and, like, pulling up to the, her house, there was two people there in, like, a, a boyfriend-girlfriend, and they were in this, like, weird, you know, semi-intense argument, and things are getting loud. And But I, at the time, I make nothing of it. I'm just like, whatever. You know, I'm not... I And I don't know what had transpired before with them screaming at each other. I think I had gotten to the house at the tail end of their argument or something. So I go over there, I see my girlfriend and <clears throat> she's loaded. She's like super on all over my arm, like has her, has her arms around me and she's like being super flirty. And you can tell just by her eyes and her, her body language and her demeanor and the way she was talking to me, she's super high. I shit you not. No less than 10, 15 minutes after I get there, uh, two police officers are knocking outside the door. And uh, at this point, I don't really know what the fuck's going on. And so the door opens and the officer asks everyone that he sees in his vicinity to come to the door. He has questions for all of us. And so now I'm already paranoid because... I know my girlfriend's using. She's got needles in her her downstairs bedroom, and she's giving. It's a dead giveaway. She's loaded. I've been clean. I don't know, five six months, <laughs> and it's just super obvious to me. This is not going to end very well. So the officer at the door and his partner are explaining to the to us that we got that they got a call from a neighbor, someone saying they were complaining about uh, a very loud argument they overheard and they wanted to make sure no no domestic fighting or anything has been going on at, on the, at the house. And they, they start to question all of us, take our names, who are you, do you live here, and go down the, the whole line. So, I, when it comes to my turn to fucking, you know, give my information, uh... I, I panicked. I mean, I gave him my information. I said, I don't live here. I, I'm just here visiting my girlfriend. And my fucking girlfriend is just, she can't sit still. It must have been a goofball or something, but she's fidgety. She's all over me. She's half naked, like with her, her short shorts and her short shirt. And I'm just like, oh, it's, it's so obvious you're fucking loaded right now. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. And it has to be my girlfriend that's loaded. So the officer eventually asked me if I'm on probation, which I am. I'm on drug court, and I'm still actually on probation from when I got busted for drug court. I think it was three years probation, and um, you know I got through the program, but I'm still dealing with the tail end of being on probation. It's like bench probation. I don't have a PO right now or anything. Um, but I, I panic, and when they ask me if I'm on probation, I say no. But I know I am. So at one point, I like go upstairs and talk with one of the roommates or something and let them know the cops are here or they want to talk to everybody. And, I, and they're, 
I hear from the bottom of the stairs, the, the officers want to speak to me and for me to come back down. So I go back down the stairs and they say, so you actually are on probation and you told us you weren't. So you lied to us. And they said something along the lines that I, they, they had accused me of going upstairs to, to hide drugs. And, um, so now I'm like, yep, yeah, great. Checks out. I knew this was going to be bad <laughs> or they, they either suspected me of hiding my drugs or hiding my girlfriend's drugs, which I mean, whatever, you know, like, uh, I was just caught up in the whole thing, like panicking. And so they're, they put me in handcuffs and they arrest me or they take me into custody that and I'm about to get arrested and put in the back of the car. They search me. They're like, you have anything on you? I'm like, no, I only have my, you know, for some, and check this out. No shit. While I'm getting cuffed, um, they go through my shit and somehow I don't know how or remember how, cause I was so distracted by everything. My girlfriend gets possession of my cell phone. Uh, I don't know if she takes it out of my pocket when she can tell like it's not going to end well for me. Um, but yeah, they, <laughs> she gets a hold of my cell phone. Cops have my wallet and my keys. It's all the things I, you know, just, I didn't have drugs on me. I didn't, I, and I know downstairs my, my girlfriend's probably got a bunch of needles or, and for some reason the cops don't give a fuck about that or her and they're not searching her shit. I'm just, I'm on probation. I go to, I, I'm the one who goes, takes the fall. So now while I'm in the process of being detained, I'm explaining to the cops, look, I'm on adult drug court. I'm, you know, my girlfriend is still in active addiction and I'm been clean. If you drug test me, if you drug test me, I will test clean and it'll, you know, wouldn't that be a good indicator of whether I'm on drugs or not on drugs or hiding drugs or whatever you accuse me of? And they're like, yeah, 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 we'll, we'll take you down to the station and test you. So we get to the station. It's like literally across the freeway. They put, they take me into the, you know, holding cell, which is for a police station. It's like very minimal, usually just bars or something. And, but before they put me in a, a holding tank, they get a giant big gulp cup and fill it with water. And they're like, all right, so drink some water and, you know, we'll have you test for me. So I'm sitting there with my cuffs in my front, chugging water, just chugging water. And, uh, you know, I can't, I'm not the kind of person who can piss on command. You know, that's just not something I can do. I have to drink a bunch of water, like 40, you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour before I know I have to test. So I'm just sitting there drinking as fast as I can because I want to show these cops like I'm clean off drugs. I'm not using. It's just the situation I walked. I I allowed myself to walk into is just got me into all these (laughs) fucked up situations. So finally, after like 35, 40 minutes, I am able to test. They get a test kit. I pee in a cup for them and they test me. And sure enough, I come up and I'm clean of all drugs on their whatever panel test. Because I hadn't been, I was clean. I actually wasn't using. I get, I am literally in a program where I get drug tested multiple times a month. The thing I'm going to, um, which is fucked. There's a plot twist at the end of this. I just remembered. So 
which I'll tell at the end. So the cop's like, all right, well, good job. You actually are clean. That's cool. And he's still filling out papers. And I was like, didn't you guys say, <clears throat> didn't you guys say if I tested clean, then that would be a good indicator. And, you know, I didn't have drugs on me. I just went to visit my girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's like, I was like, so do you have any idea of when I'll be able to get out of here? He's like, he's like, well, let me tell you this. I know you will get out of here, but I just don't know when, you know, kind of indicating that he's going to book me and I'm going to get arrested. And this is going to be a violation of my probation. I'm going to get put through the system, you know, like, fuck. Uh, yeah. So, so fucked. So I'm thinking, great. I, I'm, I like, I'm fucked, you know, I'm going to lose my job. And around that moment, his partner or the guy, he, you know, who he works with, the officer that also took me in, he looks at his partner and he's like, hey, he's like, look, man, he's like, he tested clean. He didn't have any drugs on him. He's, you know, we, do we really need to like, do we really need to book him in? Let's call the, he like said something like, in it, under his breath, let's call the chief and see what he thinks. And he, the other cop who's literally about to process a book at me looks at me. And I'm like, that's the moment, like, oh, God, like, when you don't know if, you know, what's going to happen. And he looks at me, and he's like, yeah, you know, you're right. Let's let's see what we can do for him. At least he is clean, and he's not on drugs. I was just like, fuck. It was like, like, when a heart attack just instantly fucking disappears. Like, oh, man. My anus was clenched so tight. It's <laughs> like so scared. And so he's like, yeah, let me call it in. So they call their police chief, whoever's above them, explain the situation. And I could, it, for some reason, it was either on speaker for or something. They said, the, the chief said, you know, do whatever you want with that one. Do whatever you want. Because I did lie about, I should have said I'm on probation. But I didn't. And that started this whole fucking ordeal so they're like yeah we're gonna we're gonna release you and, he, and they're telling me like look you need to deal with, you need to do something about your girlfriend like she's obviously fucked up and strung out and you and you know you're doing good in drug court right now you don't want to let anyone bring you down and i was like i know and you know i kind of explained to them in like minute details what I, you know how it's been so they they drive me back all the way to the house a little, like a couple houses down from the street. They're like, we're going to let you right here at the corner. You can walk up. And they let me out of cuffs. And they're like, just keep doing good, man. And, and this and that. So I get, I'm walking back up the street, uphill to this house. I've just been in custody for like an hour and a half. I don't, at the least. Thinking I'm going to go to jail. And now I'm back at the house. And I see my girlfriend's roommate in the driveway. Like the garage is open and they're like, oh, good. Thank God you got released. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that was kind of bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, you're fucking serious right now. So um, I'm like, yeah, where's my girlfriend? What's going on? She, I was like, I only have my keys in my phone and I know she has my phone. And they're like, yeah, she's at so-and-so's house in Los Osos. Now, 
for those that don't know the, the area, Los Osos is, you know, kind of close to Morro Bay, but not in Morro Bay. You got to take some windy ass back road to get to it. And Los Osos is this weird, really dead, quiet beach town uh, community that's very small. And the, I mean, from what I knew at the time, via my girlfriend at the time, there were a lot of like trap houses there, you know, kids living there like beach bums and getting and selling black tar heroin and getting super strung out. Um, there's multiple cases of those. So I have no idea how it is now, but I knew, excuse me, I knew a lot of junkies in, in Los Osos. So I'm like, oh great, she's over at so-and-so's getting high. So I, I call her on my, on her roommate's phone and I'm like, Hey, you have my phone. I'm coming over, you know? So I drive over there with a couple of her roommates who asked to like come with and just hear the story of what just fucking happened. They're like, are you okay? What the fuck is going on? So they're like, we'll show you where he lives and yeah, just tell us what happened. Cause at that point, you know, those other roommates are like kind of fed up with my girlfriend too. She's just like getting strung out, inviting people over at ungodly hours of the night, doing God knows what, you know? So I drive over there. We call her or one of the roommates call her. She comes out, literally comes out, hands me my phone, doesn't say a word and walks back to the house. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. A little, little rude, <laughs> a little rude right there. You know, like what the fuck you, I just got arrested and you were freaking out. And now that I'm released, you're like, what? Giving me attitude. I go through my phone and, uh, you know, I have messages and I'm like looking at what's going on. She's literally gone through my inbox and messaged girls saying, and, and, and like just random girls, I, like I had no like flirtatious conversations with or anything, you know? Uh, and she's like saying, oh, well, this is uh, Unk's girlfriend and taking selfies. Like, don't talk to my man. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck? What is going on here? Like she's super loaded and she's getting super jealous over literally girls I've had no like connection with or had no flirtatious, you know, it like back and forths with, and I'm just like, what the fuck is going on, dude? Like, okay, this is getting fucking ridiculous now. I'm kind of frustrated. So we get back and I drop off her roommates to the house and I, I don't know. I get it in my head. Like, okay, well she just went through my phone, found nothing and got super jealous. She's cheated on me once. Let's go through her. Cause I had given her, I gave her a laptop computer like a month or two before. I had like five computers and she needed a laptop. I'm like, here, take a laptop. Just don't fucking pawn it. She ended up breaking it, but later on. So I get on the laptop I gave her and go through her messenger. And I see this back and forth thread with a person she's been friends with for a while and remembered, oh, snap. She knew this guy because she went on a like five, six day vacation to Denver and I was hanging out with friends there, quote unquote. So I was like, I know that she knows this guy from her vacation in Denver. So I go through their, I can't believe I'm saying this. I go through their, their messages between each other. 
come to find like three or four pictures that they took on, I don't know, a fucking selfie stick or a laptop or who knows what. But they're both naked and she's riding on top of him, like fucking him. And we're, we've are we been dating that whole time during her vacation to Denver. And then I start, I'm like, oh, great. Got, caught her cheating again. <laughs> Holy fuck. I'm like, what is my life? Like, God damn it. <clears throat> and, and reminded, I've been trying to break up with her and dealing with, you know, her trying to overdose or, you know, she uh, almost getting stabbed by her. She tried to stab me once, like. It's just fucking crazy. Like, God, the toxic relationships I would just allow myself to fucking deteriorate in. But, um, so I see all these photos of her fucking another person. Like, look, and I'm clean. <laughs> I just got released from jail. Like, what the f- Ugh. So I felt, I was feeling, needless to say, I was mad. I was feeling a multitude of things. I was furious. I was depressed. I was just, like, fed up. I was mostly mad though. And so I, I like take a picture of her laptop and I'm like, Hey, so let's see. Like I got, thanks for my phone. But you might want to explain to me like these photos that I found of you, like fucking other people, like that's wonderful. And, um, so we get in this crazy back and forth argument on messenger <laughs> And we said a lot of horrible things to each other. And eventually she's like apologizing and going, you know how your emotions are super heightened when you're on heroin or any drug for that matter? I'm sober witnessing all this. I'm just like, oh, fuck it. She's t- saying she wants to die. She's going to kill herself. And, you know, they're, she's like, I'm so upset. I'm crying so loud. They're kicking me out. I'm on the fucking streets of so So I did. I don't know. I did literally. I didn't have to. I shouldn't have. But I picked her up, and we drive back to my place, and we fall asleep in my bed, and she's sobbing in my car, saying how she's so sorry, and that she wishes she was dead, and she knows she ruined everything. And I like I I could never I'd never seen someone sob so like intensely, you know she was just covered in tears, and just like. It was, you never feel like, you ever be so mad at someone, but then just feel so bad for them at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at least clean, but I'm seeing her life like go further and further down the fucking drain and, but you're so mad at them for hurting you, but you're just like, fuck, you're just, you're fucked. Your life is so fucked up right now and you have love for them. And you've loved, you've had, you've loved them in the past. Like, fuck. It's an intense thing. But yeah, we somehow, she spends a night in my fucking bed. And I'm laying there trying not to be like, go insane. Like emotionally, just like, what the fuck did just happen to me today? You know, looking back now and talking about it, I can like laugh at the ridiculousness of that situation. But at the time, yeah, it was pretty horrible and dark. So I think the next day I had to work or who knows. And I ended up giving her, or even if I had the day off, I gave her a ride back to her house and like, all right, I got to peace out and and deal with all like what just happened. And so, you know, remember when I talked about the plot twist, um, 
talked about the plot twist at the end that I, I this is one minute detail I forgot to uh, to fucking add to the story. The whole oh, I can't believe I'm going to drop this. Yeah, the whole reason I was going to my girlfriend's house in the first place is because I was fed up in drug court and I wanted to relapse. Um, I wanted to relapse and I was calling her saying like, I have money, you're buying me heroin and I'm going to do it. And uh, you know, at like at first she was apprehensive, like, no, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. I'm like, fuck that. You're getting it for me or I'm going to go get it somewhere else. Like I I know how to get heroin. So she was like, all right, fine. Come over and we'll get it. So (laughs) whole reason I even got myself in this mess to begin with is because I was literally driving to my girlfriend's house about to relapse. And when I get there, all this shit happens. I end up, you know, cause you know, when I was getting there, like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, Hey, you get a hold of the guy or we're going to go. And she's like, he's like, my girlfriend's literally like, yeah, yeah. We're going to go over here and do this and do that. And then like literally seconds before we're about, we're getting ready and heading out the door to, for me to go ruin my life these two cops come to the door and just throw a fucking giant, like fucking rod in the spokes of what could have been a horrible thing that happened. Me relapsing, testing dirty, going back to jail. But instead of that happening, cops came to the house and arrested me and then let me go. And then by that time, I was so distracted by the fact that I found out my girlfriend's cheating on me. <laughs> I am like so over, uh, I was so over relapsing that I was too mad at my girlfriend to be like, yeah, we're still going to get heroin. I was just like, what the f- I was just like, whoa. Like when, when like the men in black come up with that little flash stick and you're just so disoriented, you're like, what just happened in the last six to eight hours? And then I didn't relapse and I stayed clean. I didn't get arrested. I almost got arrested and. Yeah, that's a fucking story. And I swear I had heard through the grapevine like a day or two later after that from either roommates or friends of roommates. Who knows if this is just a total conspiracy theory of mine, but I'd heard that like my girlfriend had almost orchestrated this to get me arrested or because she felt so guilty about, I don't know. At the time, I was just like, that doesn't make much sense, but she does a lot of things that don't make sense when she's under the influence, though. Anyway, so that's my story. And so I know it's not the best encounter with police story, but it's got it's, it's intense in other ways. Like, I mean, isn't it? Let me know. <laughs> but, I mean, there's plenty of other stories I've dealt with. Like, one time I was leaving a methadone clinic and I had a cop point a gun in my face just for walking by them, harassing someone else, like, in Altadena. And, and there's a lot of a lot of police encounter stories. But with that, that's the story for today. I hope you guys are all well out there. And, um, you know, I know it's an, it's an intense time to live right now. Like, it, I... I fail to even think I'm able to predict what's going to happen next, but hopefully you guys are surviving and getting through with it the best you can, just as I am and reach out to me anytime you guys want, you know, where my social medias are and my emails on uh, nod squad podcast at gmail.com nod squad podcast at all the Facebooks and whatever Instagram and Twitter and my troll page, Brian Albert. 
best ways to reach me right now. And yeah, thank you for all the support. I love you guys. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace, love, and all the above. Yo, Dre, I got something to say. come to me and you say, I can't believe that they're breaking buildings and they're setting things on fire. What do you expect? What conflict do you know that has zero collateral damage? Nobody wants to riot. You think we wake up and we're just like, fuck yeah, let's start burning down. No, you have to be pushed to that point.